0: Welcome back to the All Hallows School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents, and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we're talking to Helen Mewburn, Deputy Head Juniors, about the children and their development at All Hallows. We're going to find out how the early years children feel having their location right in the heart of the school, what sort of things the children can expect in a typical day at All Hallows, and what the international primary curriculum really is. But we also find out some detailed information about Helen herself, so stick around if you want to hear what that might be. So come with me as we talk with Helen Mewburn. Helen, thank you for being here and welcome to the All Hallows School podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, thank you. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm here at school. I'm sitting in my deputy head junior's office. My Labrador Jack is at my feet and it's um, a nice day outside, so the world is good.
0: Excellent. Sounds like you've got a good view looking outside from your desk in that case. Is that right?
1: Uh, From my actual room, I'm looking across to the library here in school, but from my classroom, I've got a lovely view of the front fields.
0: Excellent. Now, Helen, we're going to talk a little bit about life at the school. But before we do that, can you just give us a little snapshot of what you do at the school and how long you've been there doing it for, please?
1: Oh, sure. Um, I'm the deputy head for the juniors and I've been here at All Hallows since 2009. I originally started here as a class teacher, teaching in year three and then year four four and then year five and then I joined the senior leadership team as the deputy head for the juniors in 2014 so I am now part of the management and leadership team Mm -hmm. but I also teach always still teach so I've got a year four class this year which is great.
0: Do you find that it's beneficial and helpful to you being part of the senior leadership team and teaching as well?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, like many educators, you come in with your primary passion being teaching and, you know, the love of learning and having the children in your class. And I couldn't imagine not teaching at all. I think it means that you're uh, you make sure that you make decisions that are relevant, you know, for the school and for the best outcomes for the children. And also it's sometimes the best part of your day.
0: So that kind of leads me on nicely to my next question, which is what makes you smile when you're at school? (laughs)
1: uh many things the children they're hilarious you know they're great they're individual they come in and and, you know we're fortunate here at All Hallows because we're a relatively small school so we know our children really well and they're just funny and and delightful and engaging and unexpected and I think that's the joy of teaching isn't it being part of a child's journey from when they're very small to when they leave us and yeah that makes it fun Hmm.
0: So tell us a bit more then about these younger years as children are setting out on their educational journeys at All Hallows Prep
1: well as a prep school we cater for children who can join us from as young as three in our nursery class um right through to when they'll leave us at 13 in year eight and our early years our nursery and reception children they're in the very heart of the school so if you ever got to come and visit you'd see our eyfs is right in the middle of the school which i think is lovely and 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 makes it part of the whole family for all Hallows. unlike some other settings that might have their you know their early years on one section and pre-prep is somewhere else and your seniors are on another campus we're all together and i think Combining that with the boarding aspect of our school makes us a real family, which is great. And then, you know, for our nursery children and our reception children, we follow, you know, the EYFS curriculum. So that means we've got a lovely balance between child-initiated and play-based learning. And then our early years team are passionate about, you know, meeting with the children and learning opportunities for them. And then it kind of gives them a really good platform and beginning of their journey here. Mm.
0: And for people that are listening to this who who maybe don't know the school, who haven't stepped foot inside the school or they don't know it that well, can you just describe something about the setting of the school for us?
1: We're here in Somerset, we're on one site. We've got an amazing building, Cranmore Hall, which is the main building of the school. And that's kind of our boarding part. So that looks gorgeous as you come down the main drive. We're really lovely. It's lovely, the big fields and the cricket and the astro and the swimming pool and tennis courts and all of those things as you come in. And then the school is based around Cranmore Hall, the main house and the old stable blocks have all been converted for the junior department. And then there's other more recently built sections that go on for your seniors there's the beautiful library lawn at the front of the school where our juniors play and so it's kind of got fields all around and and alongside us we've got our wonderful forest school as well
0: and out of all of those places what's your sort of happy place where would make you smile the most if you're walking through
1: (laughs) i think time in forest school is always lovely Mm. when you get up there with your wellies on and you see children being children outside and Mm -hmm. and you know Children can come alive, can't they, with outdoor learning and you know, coming to their own in many ways. So that always makes me laugh, especially when the wild garlic is out and everyone comes back smelling like they've been to an Italian restaurant <laughs> and you, you, know, you know you've been in forest school because you can smell the class coming before they do. I think children with muddy knees and, and active and engaged – time on the library lawn where they're all playing you know children at play are are joyous and as well as that I think just any time that you kind of visit our classes the children are warm and welcoming and we really pride ourselves on that and just you know them chatting to you and asking you about yourself as well it's part of the joy of teaching.
0: Mm. And you mentioned earlier that EYFS is in the heart of the school tell me a little bit about how that might make the children feel being in the heart of the school like that.
1: I think it makes them feel welcome from the very beginning so you know needless to say children can join us at any age you don't have to join us in nursery but for the children who do there's a real sense of belonging and you know they might have had older siblings who've so they've been coming in to the school setting from the very beginning and then they're coming across the the junior courtyard to the early years and it's kind of in its own little section with its own play area at the front and the back and so the, the EYFS can be complete in their own right mm-hmm. but then our reception children also come and join the children from year one to four in the library lawn to play and so that kind of works really well because they have the security of being in their own kind of bubble but also they then have opportunities beyond that setting so you know they might go off and use a swimming pool or go to forest school or, mm. and then you'll have your seniors coming past them as they're going to creative design or art and high-fiving over the fence or you'll have your other juniors alongside at play and they'll be coming down to the dining area with the older children at different times and you know like any prep school we scaffold our days so you might have different timings for your play or different timings for lunch settings and things like that. So mm-hmm. you don't have 13-year-olds necessarily bowling past your three-year-olds, but um, but they are part of the whole school. So I think it makes them feel more confident. I think it makes them feel secure. I think it makes them feel part of a bigger community. Mm. And we're all part of the different houses, our four different sporting houses. So even for things like that, they're all part of a bigger team.
0: Mm. Are staff aligned to a house as well?
1: Yes, we are. Not competitive at all, yes we are, Uh, uh, yeah no we definitely are and and that makes it lots of fun.
0: And which house are you in then? Cranmore, mighty Cranmore, yes. Is that the best house?
1: absolutely yes (laughs) uh no well you know ask the other houses they'll tell you otherwise but uh, (laughs) but no no we've we've done well in the last few years but when i first came cram we're not doing well at all so Mm. you know there was a you know first few years where i was thinking oh this is an interesting house but um we keep telling the children that you know there are swings and roundabouts and everything and you should keep working
0: rightly so yes now helen many parents may not have heard of the international primary curriculum What does it encompass and why has the school chosen to follow this curriculum?
1: We actually started following it from 2010, and the idea was we liked the idea of kind of an all-encompassing skill-based curriculum okay. that really engaged the children as learners. So it's, it's for those of you who don't know it, it's a thematic-based, skill-based curriculum. We had input, and we still have input into the topics that we choose. So we follow it from our year one to year five here, mm-hmm. and it is leads and guides our learning for our science and our humanities primarily so our geography our history and our science and then subject specialists will also do things alongside that and what's great about it is it's it's really exciting and it's based around a theme whatever that might be for example in year three at the beginning of the year they might do our active planet and you know it looks at geography and plate tectonics and why volcanoes and earthquakes happen. And then we always in year three used to study history and ancient Rome and being so close to Bath, that was a wonderful opportunity to go and visit the Baths. And we didn't want to let that go. So what we have done here is we've kind of made it our own. We haven't just picked up the IPC and done exactly what is on offer with that curriculum. We've morphed it and changed it. So we kept um, our active planet, but then we decided we wanted to keep going to the Baths in our study of Rome. So we built in studying Vesuvius and the the eruption of Vesuvius and that gave us a perfect link into the historical aspect so we kind of went back to that and it works really well you know then in the next term they'll do rainforests and we do about sustainability and habitats and in year four another one might be chocolate and we're looking at fair trade and you know the importance of sustainable farming globally and year five a brilliant one at the beginning of the year is to go with the flow which is a study of river systems and Mm -hmm. water and we link that with the start of the year a trip to the River Y, and then the children stay overnight we have a YHA just for us and it's a brilliant start to year five they go canoeing down the River Wye, they learn about river systems, so whether it's things that are based in school we always have kind of a wow opportunity that gets the children really engaged then we have skills in science, geography and history that are a progression across the different years and the different themes mm. and then we've designed it so that we can make sure that that joins up with our seniors as well so the skills that we've chosen that we want to focus on perhaps in science that progress through the school or Mm -hmm. history Mm -hmm. would then um, the children don't know it but behind the scenes we're giving them a progression of building blocks that lead them to when they're ready to do scholars essays or you know working towards more senior models of their learning. Mm
0: -hmm. And how do you think the children are changed as a result of doing things like going to visit the baths?
1: I think it's important because, you know, we are here in Somerset and perhaps, you know, we're not as connected as other parts of the world. And so we've got to remember that, you know, whilst we might be fortunate to live in this beautiful part of the world and come to this particular school, we're global citizens. And I think that was a really important part of the IPC as well, the international Mm. mindedness aspect of it. Mm. And so we want to make sure that we're making links to understand who we are as individuals and as part of our school, but also you know, our responsibility as part of this community and then as part of the wider, you know, the UK and then our part in the world and and perhaps the decisions that we might be making here that have an impact on the planet Hmm. and, and, and the future. And we've had, you know, some really exciting opportunities and often really child-led. One that comes to mind was um, when we're doing a rainforest theme, it linked perfectly because uh, he's from the Huni Quinn people in the Amazon and he was talking at um, the Glastonbury Festival actually and then managed to come to talk to our children on the assembly. It was just incredible to have this man whose village really, is, you know, a four-day boat ride from the nearest place Gosh. in the Peru border hmm. coming to talk to our children, you know, with interpreters interpreting to, to talk to us about the approach importance of the rainforest and and the Amazon and and that kind of led to a a project that we then started where our children asked a whole lot of questions and it was filmed and then it was being sent to the Huniquin people as part of this novo future new future project we're then hoping that those questions will be asked and then answered and then the children there can ask questions about our our kids and those kinds of opportunities linked with our eco Council were just amazing you know we want our children to be connected to the world and we want them to understand that the choices that we make here have an impact
0: mm. and how about the residential stays that you talked about how do you think that changes the children and do you think that that creates memories that they'll always remember
1: yeah, absolutely. We have a residential program that works its way up through the school. And in year three, we don't go beyond, but we have a, a child parent camp, you know, where mums and dads come in and set up a tent in in the fields in the summer. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's great. And then we go up to forest school and they all make, you know, wild garlic pizzas and different things and and have games and activities overnight. So that's not a lot, but they do really remember it and then, you know, the year fours will have different activity days and things. The year fives had the overnight and then as they move up there's more opportunities for longer camps, right through to our seniors who might be going off and actually camping hmm. for the week after they've done common entrance. And hmm. I think It's not only kind of a rite of passage, but it gives them independence. It's got those lovely bonding memories of of funny times and interesting things. And Mm. and that's what you should think of when you think back on school.
0: Mm, mm, Absolutely right. Just thinking back to my own education, it's those sort of events that tend to stick in my mind the most. And I imagine that's quite normal for a lot of your children, too.
1: Yes. I remember when I first started doing this, and we we cancelled the Year 3 camp because there was, you know, a threat of lightning strikes and things. And it was my first thing with the, you know, the deputy head with the juniors. And it was this big decision to think, well, we've got to keep them safe. So we'll Mm. have to cancel it. And, of course, the storm never came. And, you know, I was in big trouble, big trouble. (laughs) So (laughs) that, that year group never let me forget. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway. but we always you know we always make decisions obviously based around the children's safety but you know those things are important to them.
0: Mm. So what gives you most satisfaction in your role would you say?
1: I think very much being part of the learning journey for for young people I think there's a real privilege in working in a place where you have the children for longer mm-hmm. and you know to watch that growth and to watch the children you know you remember them in year two or year three you know when they start doing games in year three and they can't even find their hockey socks let alone their kit bag <laughs> and you know hockey is the winner because you're going that way and sticks down and put those mouthguards in and mm. watch those teeth and then you remember those children who couldn't find a sock and then you watch them as year eights on prize giving and they're these, you know, lovely young individuals who are ready to go on to the next part of their journey and take on the world, being part of that and, and working in a place where you can, you know, all of the children and they know you and you can watch that growth. And you can be part of perhaps molding and helping and guiding them to being kind and caring people. You know that that's that's important and not everyone gets the chance to do things like that mm-hmm. so that, i think that's and also i think perhaps you know we're really lucky because we work in an independent school and what that gives us is perhaps more choice in terms of what we decide to do with the children and, okay and, and the future of of education and making it relevant and making it child-centered and trying to make it for each individual because sometimes you know, not, not everything fits all children. And to have the luxury of being able to adapt what you're doing to kind of find the light in each child it is, um, is great. And, and having Dr. Richards as head, as educational psychologist, is a big part of that. So that makes it exciting too because the decisions that we make are not the latest fad. It, it has to be based on, you know, evidence-based research and it has to be for the, for the best outcomes for the children as individuals and as learners.
0: Hmm. So how would you sum up All Hallows then?
1: Oh, I think it's a kind, caring place that has a passionate group of people who work together for the best outcomes for the children. And I, I just, it's a home. And I think, you know, we have a real culture of forgiveness and we want the children to leave us with resilience and independence and all of those qualities and skills for life that they're empowered to be the very best that they can be. And, you know, we're not perfect, no school is, but we try to do our best. And, and you know, what's driving us are the best outcomes for the children and for each other. And that makes it exciting.
0: Hmm. That sounds perfect. It really does. So Helen, we've learned about the school. We've learned about what the school is doing in the world of education, but I'd love to give people listening a little bit of insight into you So (laughs) I've got a couple of questions just for you now. (laughs) If you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, just beginning your career, what might you say to yourself?
1: Have more faith in yourself. Um, Believe that you can do things. Uh, Perhaps not even just my younger self, even now. Um, Know that you have something to offer and, and don't be held back by a fear of failure i mean we talk to the children all the time about being resilient and, and having a growth mindset and being independent and and then sometimes in your own life you don't always make those choices or you might have doubts and fears and mm. so i think knowing that you can do it and knowing that you are capable of of a lot and that you ha- can have an impact on others and having faith in that journey is important
0: mm. I'm sure we all get imposter syndrome from time to time, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> okay, what was the best summer holiday you ever took?
1: Oh. Dear. Um lots of childhood memories of summer holidays camping at the beach in Australia. Uh lots of playing cards with family and fishing with dad and uh, mm-hmm. that that's a pretty idyllic part of my childhood growing up. Not at Christmas, too hot, but the other holidays. Here um holidays in france really love to go to france and, great country and, and see different culture different food um i was a nanny in istanbul for a time so having time in istanbul and working for a turkish family and seeing other cultures has always excited me and i think just knowing that people are people the world over and mm. that parents want the best for their children and teachers want the best for their classes and regardless of your economic background or perhaps your accent that you know we're all part of the world makes it um, exciting
0: comes back to global citizens again, doesn't it? It does,
1: it does. (laughs) I think um, that was part of the appeal when I first moved to Somerset and liked the look of this school, the idea of um, a holistic curriculum and and that we're all part of the planet.
0: Awesome, that's perfect. Look, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with any sort of follow-up questions, what's the best way for them to reach out either to you or to the school? Oh,
1: just come and see us, because we'd love to share All Hallows with you, and I think it's... I don't know you have to visit it to really feel it but it's a very special place
0: it sounds it it really does Helen thank you so much for being with us today and for being so willing to open up and talk on this episode I really appreciate it I appreciate your time
1: oh thank you and thanks
0: for having me so that was Helen Meiburn, Deputy Head Juniors at the school. A big thank you to her for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Now, don't forget that if you have any questions at all, you can contact the school. Helen says just pop in and go see any of the staff in the school. They'll all be happy to help you. And also, if you haven't followed this channel yet, then now is the time to do so, because then when each episode is released, you'll just receive a small notification to let you know that it's there. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast, and we we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.